This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. We're back with our certified financial planner, Jennifer Johnson. She is with Three Magnolias. They are located here in Winston-Salem. She's been a longtime podcast host with us talking about all things money, how to save, how to, how to earn, how to invest. And today, uh, we thought it was really important because I've received correspondence from her on this. She's been having conversations about this. But we want to know some of the impact surrounding what, what everybody's talking about in the news right now, which is what's mm-hmm. happening between Russia and, and Ukraine and Russia's right. invasion of, of Ukraine. So it is, right. uh, it is global conflict. It is a, a time of war. And um, even though it's not happening on American soil, um, financially, right. we are seeing the, the impact of this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have investments, if, if you check the stock market, even if you're just, you know, you notice it going to, going to the gas pump. Um, everybody's noticing sure. it right now. Sure. So uh, a lot yeah. of things are happening. And, and, you know, we are a financial podcast in this show. So we're not here to, to talk about um, certainly political ramifications and, and, the, the thing at the top of the list is, is certainly the human life and, and how right. people are affected out there by this. But um, we want to do our best on this show to try to explain um, what happens financially when these things happen historically, what's happening now, and how when, when things could potentially change. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer, I, I guess maybe just let's, let's begin. What have been the overall themes of your conversations that you've had with clients about this particular topic? Yeah, yeah, it's been a definitely a tough start to the year. I think we we talked about some of the reasons that the last time we recorded, even before this happened, right, the market had had a rough patch to start the year because we've had, you know, different things happen. It's this adjustment from, I think, coming out of COVID here, um, well, that's that's global as well, but certainly here in the U.S., you know, what what sorts of, of industry is going to do well going forward, what kind of company is going to benefit, what maybe not wouldn't benefit so much, um, and the impact of inflation, which we'll talk about that again here because um, what's going on in, in Russia and Ukraine has made that inflation situation, like you said, when you go to the pump, we're noticing that maybe more than ever. And so that's having some some ramifications for, for the stock market in particular. So 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 definitely a rough start to the year um, from January until now. I mean, here we're recording on March 9th and and I'm happy to so happy to let folks know at least the market is has turned very positive this morning. So my hope is that we're coming to a point in which we could see markets get some traction and move uh, to some higher ground possibly from here. But, but even if, even if it's not today, you know, the, one of the things I wanted to share with folks is, is a little bit of historical context to put uh, these events, um, you know, in context, maybe with, with some others, because it, it feels like whenever we have something like this happen, of course, it feels like the first time it feels like this has never happened before you know, oh my gosh, it's going to be different this time. Do we know what to expect? And I always think back to that old quote, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes, right? So um, I don't know who said that. Certainly not me, you know, and I wish I knew who to give credit to for it, because I think it's, it's relevant here, because in some ways, I feel like I'm a, a student of history, and that we look back um, to different times in the past, where we've seen things like, 
higher interest rates, you know, how do, how do certain types of investments respond? We talked about inflation, you know, earlier podcasts. And I think now we're moving, of course, into a geopolitical event and that's impacting the market and made some of those situations we talked about, you know, worse. Um, I, I felt like you made a very good point there when, you, you know, mentioning that the humanitarian impact of what's going on with the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine. So I, I, I think, you know, you, you can't ever overstate, you know, how devastating that is um, for the people of, of Ukraine and just how awful that is. I mean, I think uh, it's definitely had a negative impact on um, on the market so far. And um, I, well, I can think I, can I, I hope can to I ask, share some hope. Yeah, sure. Can, um, you know, you mentioned that as on the day of recording, the market has had somewhat of a bounce back. Can can you explain, though, what, once this escalated to this point mm-hmm. with the invasion, what happened in the markets? Maybe just to, to say it to people like yeah. me who, who don't follow it that closely. Area, yeah. I mean, we know that it yeah. we know that it, it didn't have a good impact on it. And, and the, the markets, right. you know, took a took a hit. But can you explain how big was how, how big was the drop? Why does that yeah. happen, even though it doesn't happen here, yeah. you know, in our borders? Um, maybe just kind of explain right. what, what happened when this initially started to, to escalate. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, immediately that, that morning, you know, market futures, even before the market opened, the futures were pointing down another 700 points or so, even after having already been down for all the reasons I described. So uh, at one point earlier um, this week, actually, or perhaps it was last week, we had um, the NASDAQ, which follows uh, more of the, the tech industry down as much as 19% um, from where it started the year. Other types um, of, of stocks were not down quite as much, um, but you still have seen double-digit declines um, in, in stocks as a whole, depending upon what index, you know, what industry you follow, with one exception, which is energy has done really well. Um, this year, so they have they have actually benefited from the higher oil prices here as a result of this. But um, but markets de- definitely turned negative. The re- couple reasons for that I'll share. So um, so one is as we have mentioned in, in the past um, is the market does not like uncertainty, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and so even kind of leading up to before the invasion happened, we saw about five consecutive days of stock market declines and nothing had happened yet. You know, we kind of thought it would, we were getting reports, you know, the president would go on TV and report about how the, the Russian military was building up around Ukraine. It, you know, it was smelling like something was going to go down over there. And so market, look, you know, being stock markets being a forward looking thing, um, they're trying to look into the future and say, okay, are these companies going to have better earnings? Um, going forward, are they going to sell more goods and services than they have in the past? That's why you buy it so they could give you a dividend or grow in price. If they're looking ahead and thinking, oh, Lord, what's going to go down over there? That's right at the edge of Europe. Um, is that going to hurt global trade? You know, that uncertainty at first made the market react really quickly, even before the invasion happened. Then the invasion happened. Um, we didn't necessarily see a pretty immediate reaction to that because I think some of that had already occurred. But as events unfolded, and it was clear this was going to be a bit of a fight, you know, that Ukraine was not going to necessarily just say, okay, and come on in, take what you want, that they're, they're kind of standing up for themselves. And 
Yeah, this was going to be maybe a bit more of a, of a, a drawn out thing. So I think there were a couple concerns early on. One was that this might spread to more of Europe um, and become a much larger war. Of course, that has not yet happened. Um, and, and then also um, the impact of higher oil prices, which we actually have seen. And that's a real significant thing that we see right now. Um, as you said, we all see it when we, if you drive a car, you know, you go out there, you fill it up, you, you fill those oil prices. The reason for that is, um, is one, Russia, not so much Ukraine, but Russia is a big supplier of oil, of course, especially to Europe. Um, and we've seen, you know, buyers and, and countries like in our case have chosen to boycott oil. So that means um, there's less supply. You know, we talked about inflation in the past um, because of COVID shutdowns. Less supply, more demand means higher prices. We're seeing that now with oil. Um, that has a really important ramification, though, for the overall economy. So even if you're not um, necessarily investing directly in those energy companies, oil makes it, and gas prices make a really big difference because um, you know we all have to buy gas, you know, or you're you're on on mass transit that maybe runs on gas, um, or you're flying in an airplane, you know, that runs on gas. Uh, so, so you don't really have a choice. So, so just, you've only got so much discretionary income. If more of it has to go toward, um, fuel prices, less can go toward other stuff, yeah. right? So you've got that. And then a lot of the goods maybe that you purchase, you know, at your, uh, local department store, they've been moved by truck, right? So, you know, so all those, those input prices mean higher inflation. Inflation was a worry before. So, you know, concern is that that's going to squeeze people um, and it's also going to make everything, you know, more expensive that we buy. So it makes it just tougher on companies out there and tougher yeah. on the consumer. Because they're reading, they're, they're reading revenue projections, right? They're reading yeah. revenue projections. And um, if, if people, I mean, it could just be part of this. It's not the whole story, but part of this is what you're saying is, if people are having to spend more money on gas, more money on other things because mm -hmm. prices are going up, or there's even more supply chain issues because of transit right. and gas prices for transit, that's right. going to affect revenues for all these companies that are manufacturing yeah. these goods that, that people normally buy, and they're not, just not going to buy them in as large quantities. As so mm -hmm. absolutely, that would affect earnings of all these major companies and why it would have an impact on the market, correct? That's right. I think that's definitely part of it. Uh, in the past, you could almost look at a correlation between higher gas prices and a recession. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about what a recession is, I think last year, right? Because we had talks about recession, yep. you know, what is a recession? What does that mean? Um, and of course, that's a negative thing, right? It means, you know, instead of our economy expanding or growing, it's contracting, you know, over at least a couple quarters, right? So that's one reason, you know, what we just described, one reason that's correlated. And so people know that, uh, investors know that. And so when they see oil prices going up, and the question here, we're still dealing with a bit of uncertainty, right? I mean, we, we know gas prices are up. Um, we don't know how long they'll stay up, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know how far they'll go up. Because the demand is um, only going to go up as we get into spring and is summer. summer. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's historically. And, and I think especially coming out of COVID, 
people want to travel, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, we, we want to go places and now we're, you know, we're potentially going to, maybe plans will change, but, you know, now we're going to have to spend more on gas to, to get there. So that's, a that's I think, a big factor. And, and will people still do that? Knowing that, you know, if, if by the summer, as some projections have it, we're paying $5 a gallon, you know, for gas, mm-hmm. I don't, that's not necessarily, um, you know, a, a prediction on my part. That's just one of the things that have been floated. I think we don't know, you know, where prices are going to go. Are they going to level off here? And if this tension eases um, and some of the, the sanctions are lifted against Russian oil, um, you know, will they go back down? I think eventually they'll go back down, but it's clear this is dragging on longer than what anyone probably expected. So going back to, to what you wanted to try to convey to people in this in this podcast in terms of historical context, I mean, right. we, we don't have a lot of examples over the mm-hmm. last quarter century of, of global conflict like this. So right. you're, you're not pulling right. from a lot of a, a lot of other uh, samples from 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 what the the world is experienced in this way, um, but what can you offer in terms of you know yeah. how how things will ebb and flow when when this kind right. of thing happens? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was looking at some some data recently uh, that looked back at what happens to the to the market um, for when you have something like this happen. And you know, examples might be you know, back in, you know, 2014, when Russia invaded Crimea, for example, um, you know, you can look back to, to kind of when um, the 9-11 attacks happened, things like that. So, we've, so I was able to find, or this, whoever compiled this data found 16 different events like that since 1940. And the, uh, the positive thing is that um, if you look back at those, you know, certainly the, you know, a, a week out um, from the event, a, a month out or three months out from the event occurring, a lot of times the market remains down, right? You know, so you're might be down three, four, five percent at that point. Um, but most of the time, with the exception of um, five of those 16 events, if you look out a year, the market is positive by that point. So does that make sense? So mm-hmm. out of those um, 16 events, you know, 11 of those times a year later were ahead of where we started before the event began. Not every mm-hmm. time. I mean, if you think about like 9-11, you know, even even a year later, the market is still down. So so you do have those instances where it, it really drags out. Um, but I think that the important thing for people to remember is that even though, as I said earlier about history, at least rhyming, probably not repeating itself, but rhyming, um, you know, I think we can look back at some of those examples and, and help learn from that, that, you know, they don't go on forever, Mm -hmm. right? Eventually um, there is a resolution to that. And we have seen things like this before. And, and I think also, as we have, we have talked about this on podcasts before, I mean, it's the, it's the, nature of the stocks in particular to go up and down right mm-hmm. um it's not uncommon at all they're for all kinds of different reasons but it's not uncommon at all to see the stock market declines of 
5% a couple times, even during a good year, as much as 10% one time. And then every few years, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have a decline of 20% or more. And of course, every, you know, every time we get pushed off to that, off of that bottom to a higher level at some point, um, it's never as quick as we want it. It feels like forever, you know, when we're in that downturn. But in reality, they tend to be pretty short. It's just they're emotionally painful. And you, know, you can even look back to like when COVID hit, right? We had market declines, certainly exceeding 20%. And, mm-hmm. you know, look where we are today. So I think it's not that unusual. I mean, we're almost following a very similar pattern to what we've seen in markets before. Every few years, you've got a 20% decline. You know, you've got some volatility throughout the year. I think last year we got a little bit, you know, kind of a little bit spoiled, you know, because we didn't really have that. It just kind of went slowly yeah. higher. And now, especially as we began 2022, been a lot more up and down. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're touching on it there, but what, what is the overarching advice that, that you're giving mm-hmm. to people that are in, in somewhat of a state of maybe not panics, the, the right word, but, <laughs> right, but right. concerned, concern, yeah. concerned yeah. about, yeah, about their think, investments. Yeah. I think there's a lot of concern out there for sure. I mean, and, and valid concerns for, you know, for different reasons. I think it's, you know, usually drastic decisions, especially during times I think of downturn are often regretted later. So mm-hmm. our instinct is when things are down, you know, people want to stop that pain. So they want to move out of those investments that are now down. You know, if it's a, a, a technology style investment, again, you might be down 15 to as much as 20% from where you were in the beginning of the year. That's a big decline, right? So, so the nature is to want to move out of that into something cash and just kind of wait, right? That's sometimes the question I'll get, you know, can't we just sit, you know, can't we just move out of this and we just wait for things to calm down? Um, the reality of it is, though, these things move so quickly, that timing is really, really tough, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, that uh, the COVID example, I think, is a really good example, you know, even though COVID you know, stayed with us for a very long time in anticipation that eventually this would be over. Markets moved very quickly high, right? And it's just a very tough thing to to time. And I think today we're in a similar situation where it's very hard to time that. So this idea of now to react to something because it's down is generally the wrong move. So you don't want to to sell things that might be down and wait because you can, you can sort of get trapped there when the market may move higher, you know, quickly possibly. Um, And then also I think the other thing I see people doing is out of frustration, they stop putting money into investment. They they want to stop contributing to their 401k, for example, Mm -hmm. when in reality, if you step back from that, when things are down, you know, that is, in truth, your best time to add to those because you're going to, for that percentage or that dollar amount you're putting into that retirement account, you, you get more perhaps for right. that. So I think, in, you know, the most important advice is to not react emotionally with your current investments. Don't let that derail your savings plan. Don't let that stop you from saving for long-term goals because most likely if you've got an investment, you're investing for 
the next, say, 15 years till your child goes to college or 20 years till you retire, or if you, even if you're already at the point of retirement, you'd hope that you have changed your investment strategy to where it's a little bit more conservative for one going into that life stage so that you can be patient, you know, through a time like this, right? right. Um, because you, because generally the, the wrong thing to do is then once an event has happened, you start to really change those strategies a lot, right? Um, because we know from that data I just shared, most of the time, you know, if you, you're three, six months or a year away from that event, you know, things have improved, right? You're, you've moved ahead. And, and the reality for most people is if you try to time that, it's really, really tough. I mean, it's like predicting the future. It's very difficult. Yeah. So what about anybody who is feeling the squeeze at the pump? Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if they're saying, I mean, look, people are probably spent doubling what they're spending on gas each yeah. month right now. What would be what would be advice to, to anybody who all of a sudden has seen a, a a little bit of a rise in their monthly expenses because of what they're sure. now having to spend on gas? And it, I don't know if it's going to get better anytime soon. I know. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be with us at least for the short term. I mean, our hope is certainly it doesn't get any worse, right? But we're going to be dealing with it, I think. And I think um, obvious answer that folks have probably start, start you know, have thought of on their own um, is to not drive any more than you have to. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have to, um, you know, if, you know, if you, if you can be more efficient with any driving, uh, you know, c- carpool, for lack of a better word, I'm just thinking like with our family, you know, instead of taking two cars to, to an event because, you know, because one, one kid needs to be there before the other. Yeah. Try to go together, even if, you know, everybody has to wait 30 minutes or something, you know, so I think you can possibly do some of those things to avoid duplicate trips, um, especially taking multiple vehicles. I think, you know, be conscious of it. You know, you can, you can kind of price shop maybe, uh, gas a little bit, you know, like I, for myself, I try to get my gas either at Sheets or Costco because they tend to have, you know, a little bit cheaper prices per, per just gallon. Be, just be ready to wait a while. <laughs> ah, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's the, that's what we have to deal with now. I think it's, you know, it's not any fun, but it, it goes back to some of the things we've talked about before and being, being conscious Mm-hmm. you know, of what, um, of what we're spending on different things. Right. Because I think it's definitely a time, I mean, you have, you know, you're going to have to get gas, right. So if you're not careful watching what you're spending on different things, you get to the end of the month. And, you know, like you said, if you normally spent $200 on gas, you know, maybe you're spending 500, you know, on gas, or mm-hmm. that's probably an extreme example, but Maybe it's instead of a hundred, you're spending nearly three hundred. And if you had, if that's not in the budget that way, it makes a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, little things like, I mean, th- these are ways we already talk, always talk about saving money, which is bring your lunch with you to work, so you're not having to drive to lunch yeah. and then drive back to the office right. or drive home right. and then drive back. You know, mm-hmm. take take all the stuff that you need with you for the day if you're going to work and avoid extra trips to different places because it, it could all make a difference. Right. So, right. Yeah. um, well, th- this is, this is informative, Jennifer, and, um, certainly this is, 
this is all fluid over the next several months. Um, certainly right. we want, we want a quick peaceful resolution. Um, right. but, uh, you know, these, these things don't tend to be quick, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. And no, so, um, no. we're just going to kind of have to monitor and we want people to know that, um, if, if this is part of the things that, that you're monitoring is your finances when, um, when things are in such uncertainty right now, um, right. Jennifer's a great resource. So how can they, how can they yeah. get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm happy to report. I do have a website up now. It's uh, Three Magnolias Financial Advisors, all spelled out. So Three Magnolias Financial Advisors.com. You can visit me there. You can also give me a call at 336-716-1600. And you can email me. I am at um, Jennifer, like my first name, at three, like the number three, dash magnolias with an s.com. So feel free, give me a call, shoot me an email, and I will be glad to talk with them. All right, Jennifer, we appreciate it as always. Yeah. Thank you so much. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Satara Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.